is the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, let's do it, baby. You know what time it is. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs Show. You heard it right here on 98.7 ESPN. Week 5 is here already. We already have... A football game in action in London. Jags up 11-7 to on the Bills. 17 seconds left in the second quarter. Trevor Lawrence with a chance in the red zone to put some more points on the board. Looks like he fumbled it away. And the Bills uh, have recovered it. So it'll be 11-7 going into the half. Uh, but we got a lot to get to. No Brandon Jacobs today. He is on assignment. So filling in for him is the wonderfully talented Jake Asman. What's up, Jake? How you doing today, bro? Ty, it is an honor to be on with you. And, man, filling in for a Super Bowl champion. Who would have thought? But here we are. Two times over. So you got a, you, big shoes to fill, my G. You ready for that today? Oh, I, I am ready. You know, to quote another football player on the station, I can't wait to work with you for the next couple hours here, Ty. There we go. So on the slate, obviously the Giants in Miami, where they are 12.5-point dogs taking on the Dolphins. We'll get into that. Of course, Sunday night football, man, probably the juiciest game on the schedule with the Cowboys and the Niners, a rematch of not just last year's playoffs, but the playoffs uh, the year before that. So we'll talk about that as well. But let's start with the New York Jets, because last week, Zach Wilson played the best game of his career. And it is why today I woke up with anxiety. Because, you know, it, it, there's a chance for the Jets, I guess, to still salvage their season. They get a win today against the Broncos. You're 2-3 and three going into that game at home against Philly. You're still technically alive. But it is an indictment of Zach that uh, a game where his offense scores 20 points, we're all raving and complimentary about it. I guess the question is, Jake, which Zach Wilson is going to show up today? Is it the one who, for the first 25 games of his career, looked like he didn't belong in the league? Or the guy who last week, I mean, literally out played Patrick Mahomes that's the biggest question and here's the thing Zach Wilson has an opportunity today to do something he's never done in his NFL career play consecutive solid games in a row he's had moments you could go back to his rookie year against the Titans he played well in that game you could go back to his rookie year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he played well in that game but then go look at any time he's had you know a modicum of success what has happened after that He's been atrocious. So this is an opportunity against a Broncos defense that has been historically inept through the first four weeks. They have the the highest or lowest, I guess, depending on how you view it, DVOA score since 1981 when they started tracking it. They're worse than the 08 Lions through four games. They're allowing 37 and a half points per game. And I understand they allowed 70 points against Miami a couple weeks ago, but every quarterback they played, has had a passer rating against them over 100. So I don't need Zach Wilson, Ty, to go out there and even play as well as he did for a lot of that Chiefs game last week. But if he could protect the ball, if he could be confident, and I think this is the game they truly unleash Brees Hall against the Broncos rushing defense that's allowing 176 yards per game, this should be a game the Jets win. And look, if they win, all of a sudden you're 2-3 and three going into that Eagles game. Even if you lose the Eagles game, the schedule after the bye is the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders. There's a path to 5-4, and four, as crazy as that sounds. But it means nothing if they don't win today. And it comes down to Zach Wilson showing up, playing solid football. And the Jets are the better team, and they should win. So it's why you know it was significant for me. When I say I woke up with anxiety, because it means that the games still matter, right? Like when you go back to 
week one, and, and Rodgers goes down four plays into the game. You're feeling like, all right, the season's shot. But then they go on to win. Uh, but then we see they, they lose to Dallas. Uh, then they lose week three to the Patriots. I was in MetLife Stadium for that. They lose the heartbreaker. But because of the, I, I guess, potential we saw that this offense could become last Sunday, you're now, uh, like you said, envisioning a path that still works, right? Like you win this game against the Broncos who stink. All of a sudden you've got Philly next week. Who knows what's going to happen there? And then there are some quote-unquote winnable games, which is why this is important. I mean, Zach Wilson, for, for all the good he did last week, we are banking on a guy who over the course of 26 career games is still completing 55% of his passes. And just eight days ago, we were ready to run out of town. So, I mean, for us to come full circle this way and 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 say that they're gonna win this game it just shows you like what what you have to be encouraged about but it's still one that they can absolutely lose that Broncos offense is still top 10 in football Russell Wilson I mean he was much maligned last year for and rightfully so nine touchdowns to just two interceptions he's playing well the Jets will be without DJ Reed today so you expect this one to be a close one Vegas has it as two and a half points in favor of the Broncos but these are two one and three teams obviously a lot of bad blood, you know, going back to what was said by Sean Payton this past offseason should be a fun one, but both of these teams have every right to feel like, you know, this is the game we got to win. Look, this is a game, if you're the Jets, you're playing for a lot more than just a win, but you're, you're playing for your coach, and anyone who thinks that Robert Sala has not gone out of his way to make his team aware on how much this game would mean for Nathaniel Hackett. I don't even think he needs to say anything. I think these players know. They've tried to keep it coy and close to the vest all week when speaking publicly about the Sean Payton comments. But there's a, there's a lot on the line. And you know Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, is making it known to everyone in that locker room how important this game is for the Jets to win as well. I mean, there's no excuse. Like, if you want to be considered a, you know, a legitimate playoff team like the Jets still insist they could be without Aaron Rodgers, you win this game today. I understand Russell Wilson's been better, but this is a Jets defense that held Patrick Mahomes to his worst game of the year. Josh Allen's played like an MVP against every team, not the Jets, this season. So the Jets defense also has to start fast, Ty. You know, this can't be a game where the Jets trail uh, by 10-plus points. They've trailed by at least 10 in every game this year. Now, some of that's on the offense not scoring in the first quarter all year and going out and three and out, three and out, three and out. But this should be a game the Jets, they dictate the pace. They get to play in attack mode. And, yeah, Russell Wilson's been better this year, but he's also a guy that holds on to the ball for a while. I feel like this is the game that you see that Quinn and Williams multi-sack performance. You know, you see Bryce Huff maybe be unleashed even more off the edge. Like, this defense has done a lot of talking, and they're really good, but this is, you know, not Mahomes. This is not Josh Allen. This is a quarterback that you should have success against. So, look, if the, if the Jets are uh, the biggest phonies if they can't win today, maybe that's unfair because they're technically uh, an underdog going into this game, but I don't buy it, man. They're the better team. Go out there and win the game. No, you're right. You would have to say that the season's done, obviously. There's no way you start 1-4 and four, and now you've got the NFC defending champion Eagles coming into your building, an organization, a franchise you, by the way, have never beaten before. There's no way that the path still exists for you being relevant late into the season where we can still entertain this idea of Rodgers making some kind of a miraculous comeback. There's no way that that happens. 
which is why this game is everything. You brought up Brees Hall. It's a return to the house of horrors for him. You obviously remember last year in that game, after he scores a touchdown, he tore his ACL against the Broncos. AVT also got hurt in that game. So there are going to be a lot of emotion from the players, the coaches. I know Nathaniel Hackett is trying to you know, downplay the importance of making a statement against a head coach who destroyed him this past offseason. But, you know, these guys want to go out there and prove him wrong. They want to go out there and shut him up. And here's a golden opportunity. Like you said, that defense is a mess. It's a disaster. It's the worst in football. So if Zach Wilson, fresh off the best performance of his career, where he's now got Jet fans feeling a little bit more optimistic about what this season can become, if he can't find a way to score some points against that defense then we're right back to where we go just a week where we were just a week ago this guy can't play he stinks get him out of here let's go upgrade the quarterback position and and you would hate for that to be the situation you know when seven o'clock rolls around this game's over yeah no doubt and think about it from this perspective too like if the Jets can't score 30 points you feel like really but you don't need that from Zach Wilson you know a lot of Jet fans obviously still look at Zach as the, the former number two pick in the draft and I get that the way I try to look at Zach Wilson is just Judge him in the role he was supposed to have on this team this year. He was supposed to be the backup to Aaron Rodgers. So I don't need Zach Wilson to go out there and throw 39 times today. You know, I need Zach Wilson to go out there and play turnover free and hand the ball to Brees Hall. And when there's opportunities to make plays, you get the ball to your playmakers. I thought Hackett did a great job last week with the game plan. We saw play action. Zach Wilson was 7 of 8 on play action. We saw them throw on first down, which I think later on in the game, opened up some running lanes. Like, I think if the Jets could have a similar script but really feature Brees Hall today, and by the way, hey, Dalvin Cook, you going to do something? Because if you can't do it against this Broncos defense, <laughs> I never want to see you out there on the field moving forward. But this is an opportunity for Zach to do something, once again, he's never done before. Two consecutive games in a row where he plays well, and there's just so much on the line for both these teams. But, you know, if you're the Jets, how sweet would it be? You win this game for Nathaniel Hackett. You send Denver to 1-4. and four. They have a short week on the road Kansas in Kansas City, City next week. They're yeah. cooked. It's overtime. Yeah. So the Jets get the last lap. Not only if they can win today, but they essentially end the Broncos' season, too. And not just, you know, on a short week playing Kansas City. They've got the Chiefs two of the next three weeks. So you're talking, you know, Sean Payton, which is why I brought him up. He had all, you know, all this to say it was the the worst coaching job in NFL history. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be the Nathaniel Hackett defender, but Hackett's team last year at no point gave up 70 points to the opposing <laughs> team. That didn't happen. So you start one and four. You've got the Chiefs, who you know Mahomes has never lost to Denver. They've won 15 straight games against the Broncos. You play them two of the next three weeks. Your season's over. Uh, I want to go back to uh, the point you made about the offense. You know, the play action and how much more creative and nuanced it looked last week. I was thinking about this yesterday. How much of that was circumstance, meaning they were forced to do that? Because you're down 17. Everyone wants to paint this blueprint and this picture of ground and pound, win with defense. Uh, You know, don't let Zach put himself in positions where he's going to commit turnovers and force himself into mistakes. You're down 17-0 against the defending champions. You can't play ground and pound. You have to unleash. So uh, part of it to me was they were forced to do that, which is why we saw the play action and we saw back shoulders and we saw all of these things that they were able to unleash last week. And you want to see them come out more aggressive this time around, not being forced to do it, but just, you know, that being the game plan. 
Off the there, rip. Yeah, there, there's definitely something to that. The one thing I would say, though, is they did open the game last week with three straight passes. So they it did. was clear they realized, hey, we're going to have to let you know Zach Wilson throw. And if you, look, if we're going to have to bench him, if he's going down, at least go down swinging. Look, part of it, too, I think, was Zach Wilson just recognizing he's got to pull the trigger and start making some plays. Because if you go back and watch the Patriot film, and you know I'm a sicko Jet fan who actually is sitting there watching these all-22s and seeing guys wanting, you know, running wide open – you're, you're thinking to yourself, man, like, Zach, just throw the ball, man. Like, 17 is open. Garrett Wilson's the best player on the field. Get him the ball. And there was a conscious effort from the opening drive last week, three straight targets yep. to Garrett Wilson. Now, they went three and out. It didn't work. But at least they came out with an aggressive mentality. And I liked what I heard from Zach during the week saying, hey, let's you know screw third down. Why don't we move the chains on first and second down instead? You know, I think starting fast is so important. If Zach has truly turned the corner, the thing I look for in this game, Ty, 7 nothing Jets. Play with a lead. For the first time all year, even if it's three nothing, like just build on what you did last week because you know I, I don't want to use the word moral victories, but it, it did feel like from a lot of Jeff fans, it's like, hey, we didn't embarrass ourselves. Wow, Zach looked good. A lot of positives from this game. If they lose today, last last week yeah. meant nothing. You, you lost to the Chiefs, and now you lose to the Broncos. And so you're on a four really game do? losing streak. Yeah, so it, 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 it all and your season nothing. might be over. So everything they did last week for me to feel better about it, it all comes down to how does Zach look today, and do they win? And we keep hearing that cliche phrase of compliment football that the Jets defense as good as 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 it was that you know to start this season you know what we lamented and what we criticized them for was the inability to turn the other team over you know since that Buffalo game they had gone uh what three straight games without or two straight games without forcing a turnover and then last week all of a sudden the offense is cooking we see Mahomes forced into mistakes so all of these things work in concert where to your point if you can play with the lead the defense doesn't take the field every snap thinking, you know, we're drawing dead to win this game. If we allow a first down, if we allow a field goal, we can't, we got to shut this team out because our offense is giving us nothing. And we might have to go out there and score ourselves because we might have the worst quarterback in football. If you give your defense a chance to play with the lead, to play with some room, to get into a comfort zone, then maybe we can see uh, them reach that apex of what they were supposed to be. Completely agree with you. And, And look, can I see more? Jeremy Rucker on the field today from like a game plan standpoint, career high, 25 snaps. You know, can I see more design touches for a guy like Xavier Gibson? I, I mean, Miko Hardman, maybe it's just a lost cause at this point. This guy could never seem to get on the field. But Xavier Gibson should have two or three plays every game where you design manufactured touches for him. He's just such a weapon with his speed. You know, play action, I mentioned it, 7 of 8 last week. Throwing on first down, they did that a lot more. Like, even if you're going to try and run the ball a lot more today, which I think you should because you shouldn't be trailing 17 nothing at any point in this game, and Brees should be able to be Brees. You know, Zach Wilson, I think you still have to not coach scared around him. Like, maybe last week you truly did unlock something, and once again, I don't need Zach Wilson to play as well as he did last week for the Jets to beat the Denver Broncos, but I do need him to play better than we've seen him play against the Patriots or the fourth quarter against the Cowboys or the Jaguars game in primetime last year. We can't have that version of Zach. If that if that happens, it's going to be tough for them to win against anyone, regardless of opponent. So you just truly hope that they found something with this quarterback last week. The play caller and quarterback are on the same page, Ty, and they could go out there and win and, once again, provide some uh, some some life to this season. You start to dream a little bit about what this Jets team could do if Zach Wilson could look good for the second game in a row. So which Zach Wilson are you guys expecting to show up? Hit us up, 800-919-3776. We're on Twitter. Get at us, Ty D. Butler, Jake Asman. Instagram as well. It's a big game for the Jets. We'll talk about the Giants as well. Just some uh, quick injury notes. Uh, I mentioned that the uh, Jags are up on the Bills 11-7 to at the half, and that... 
Second half is underway, just as I mentioned that. Uh, Von Miller made his return to action. Remember, he tore his ACL last Thanksgiving, so he returned to the field today. Bills, though, losing some key players on defense to Darius White, Matt, Matt Milano going out. Uh, so he is going to be integral if this Bills team does get to where they want to be at the end of the season. Uh, New England's newly acquired cornerback cor- uh, J.C. Jackson expected to be active today against the Saints. Randy Gregory, who Denver traded to San Francisco, not going to be active tonight, uh, so he will have to make uh, uh, another week. He'll have to wait to make his season debut. But we want to hear from you, 800-919-3776, going until 2.30 today, leading you into pregame coverage of the Jets and the Dolphins, Dan Gross and Greg Buttle. Then we'll have, of course, Marty Lyons and Bob Washington on the call. So Ty and Jake Asman going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. There we go. Ty Butler, Jake Asman going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Rich Cimini just tweeted this out that Denver, for all the gamblers out there, 0-8-1 against the spread as a favorite with Russell Wilson starting at quarterback. I mentioned to start the show. They're favored by two and a half points. Anita said something very interesting on her program yesterday as I was driving into the station. She said that, you know, the Broncos were supposed to lose to the Bears. Like, they were down 28-7. That was supposed to be a loss for for Denver. The Jets could have very well beaten Kansas City, like, right? If not for uh, a lot of things. The Zach Wilson fumble. Brees Hall's got a score in that touchdown. All the penalties, you know, the chaos there. If those... um, if those outcomes change, then the Jets come into this game as favorites. Like this, the Broncos wouldn't be two and a half point favorites if they were zero four in the season. So I think those outcomes had every, you know, everything to do with why the spread is what it is today. You're probably right, and I think Anita's right with that take. You know, here's the thing too about about like the the line being what it is. Like they're still basically telling you the Jets are the better team yeah. because typically you get three points for the home team. So the fact that it's two or two and a half is just telling you that they're just giving you. The, the, the points because the Denver Broncos are playing in, in a stadium that I still do think has a home field advantage. That being said, they're 0-2 in that building so far this year, and they're just not good. Like, you could have a great home field advantage, but if your talent stinks, does it really matter? And their talent, especially on defense, allowing 37.5 points per game tells me they're not very good. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Sharif in Staten Island, who bats leadoff today. What's up, Sharif? Hey, what's on uh look it's it, it's real simple reason why Zach played better his offensive line protected him correct and and then in the NFL you got no offensive line I don't give a damn who you are you're not going to do anything and I think it's a blessing in disguise that nobody's even talking about it but since Brown went down it's probably better for the Jets line and see how it is why he's gone for these next four or five games and they may just keep him as a backup and not put him back in the starting lineup because he is the 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 hole in the in the chain. Well, listen, I appreciate the call, Sharif. I, I do think that it was kind of insane for the Jets to come into this season thinking that a 37-year-old left tackle uh, who was coming off of off-season shoulder surgery, who had dealt with a bunch of injuries last year, was going to be their savior at that position. Now, I don't want to put it all on him. You always felt like naturally, because this team, uh, this unit didn't have much time together during training camp with all the injuries, they were going to get better as the season progressed. But, you know, they did hold up well last week. Zach did have a lot of time to throw, and that absolutely contributed to the success he had against that Chiefs defense that came into the and came into the game fourth best in all in the NFL in the scoring. No question. But I think the the 
the thing that people don't want to bring up, Zach had a lot of time against New England, too. Yeah, he, he did. was terrible. So, you know, if you remember, who had the most time to throw in the NFL during that Patriots game? It was Zach Wilson in week three of the, uh, uh, of the season. So let's not act like, oh, the O-line has been great, and now Zach played great. They were very good against New England as well. He just refused to pull the trigger and throw downfield. The, the O-line now playing together for what will be the third consecutive week in the ro- in a row where you have Becton and AVT as the tackles and Tomlinson and Joe Tipman as a rookie. He's been great at guard with McGovern as the center. That's their best five, which Robert Sala has always talked about, Ty. But let's let's not act like Zach hasn't had protection before and still hasn't you know l- looked good. Like there, There's been a lot of issues with Zach Wilson because he hasn't been good. You can't just blame the O-line or the receivers or coaching. Zach himself has to play better, and maybe last week was the start of him actually being able to do that. And I was sitting in MetLife Stadium, you know, watching that horror show that was, you know, Jets-Patriots, where the defense, time after time, was giving this team a chance to win the game, and, and Zach, it, it, it felt like to me, watching with my quote-unquote untrained eye, he was just he he was just in a space where there was a, a massive overcorrection. Like he had heard so much about turnovers, the you got to throw the ball away, stop extending plays so you know so much where it's your detriment. Where he was getting rid of the ball and checking down too quickly. He's throwing the ball away way too much. And, and to your point, like Garrett Wilson's wide open. You've got receivers. You've got Cobb. You've got Lazar. Like these guys are breaking free. He's just scared to pull the trigger because in his mind he doesn't trust that he can complete the pass without it being a turnover. So. I, I thought we saw a correction of that last week, and hopefully that continues today. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Jose and Emerson. What's up, Jose? Hey, what's up, guys? Great show as always. Appreciate you. I think today's a big day for Zach. He has to come out throwing. You can't babysit him anymore. You can't just go, oh, yeah, let's go with the run game. No, 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 no. Keep the passing game going. The run's going to open up. You're playing against the worst, the worst passing defense in the NFL. If they do not score 35 points on this team, I'd be surprised. Even for Zach, they are the worst. And then you've got the defense now playing comfortable, going after the man right there, put him on his butt, and that's it. Game one. Appreciate the call, Jose. What you got, Jake? Look. 35 points for a Jet offense. <laughs> I, I, I would feel that. like, you know, I feel like I'm dreaming. I, I would settle for 24, 27. That should be enough to win, right, Ty? I mean, you look at this Jets defense. If they could make Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen look human, then I, I would expect them to be able to play well even without D.J. Reed today uh, against this Broncos team. That being said, I do I do agree with the caller. You do have to let Zach rip early, throw on first down, but this should be a game where you're not trailing by 10 or 17 like they were last week, and Zach doesn't need to throw 39 times. Can he throw 25, be efficient, and then Brees Hall has some monster games? Like I'll tell you what, Brees Hall, with no pitch count, as they say, Going back to the place where he got hurt last year, you know he's going to be internally motivated. 15 to 20 touches for Brees Hall against a Broncos defense that's the worst in the NFL at stopping the run, and they miss so many tackles. So anytime Brees Hall has the ball, there's a chance he could score. This is the game I'd bet every Brees Hall prop you could find. I'm, I'm over 60 and a half rushing yards. I'm Brees Hall anytime touchdown. I think Zach could play well and maybe not have as good of a game against the Chiefs and the Jets could win by two scores, but you know we, we just need to make sure Zach Wilson doesn't revert back to what he's been for most of his professional life. By the way, a uh, quick search on the last time the Jets, because the caller mentioned 35 
five points, which, I mean, last week we were giddy about them scoring 20 points. <laughs> the last time the Jets scored 35 or more points is actually almost a year ago today. It was you know October 9th of 2022 when they put up 40 on the Dolphins. You remember, you know, Tua had gotten hurt. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you were at that game. Wow. I was. Yeah. They scored 40 points. So you got to go back a full year the last time they at least hit that mark. I'm not expecting 35 today. It's hard for me to look at this offense and the way that it has struggled and, and say, yeah, pencil them in for 35. They're going to be the team that does it, even you know with the Broncos being so bad on that side of the ball. But like you said, man, I don't think it's going to take that much. If the defense shows up, and I know DJ Reed is hurt, you know Nichols is out, they still have enough talent on that side of the ball that particularly if they play with a lead, they can stymie that Broncos offensive attack and do just enough to win this game just that's, that's got to be the key right you, you go out there and, and play with the lead man once again it, the Jets and Giants are the only two teams in the NFL that haven't scored in the first quarter tie how is that possible they're the only two leagues uh, uh, only two teams in the league that have not run a single offensive snap with the lead this year because you remember the Jets won week one but it was on, on a punt return for a touchdown so they didn't run a snap the only two teams in football so you could go chapter and verse about just how anemic these offenses have been, have, have been. Hopefully, you know, we start to see it turn a corner today uh, with the Jets and then with the Giants out in Miami. That defense is not good. We'll get to the Giants in a moment. But, uh, yeah, man, it's been bad for both offenses here in New York. 800-919-3776. The phone lines are lit up. We're taking your calls for the next three hours. Hit us up also on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Jake Asman. Still a whole lot to get to. Giants, Dolphins. Would you dare pick the Giants to go upset the Dolphins? I'll tell you why. I, I would feel better if Miami had beaten Buffalo last week. We'll talk about the Sunday night football game. Go all around the NFL Week 5 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, let's get it, baby. It's Week 5. Ty Butler, Jake Asman. On the show, going until 2.30. 800-919-3776. Hit us up. Ty D. Butler, I'm on Twitter. He's on Twitter, at Jake Aspen. Hit us up on the gram as well. Here was Sean Payton this past week on the Jets. They've obviously gone through an injury at quarterback. They're playing outstanding in the kicking game and on defense. Offensively, you saw a much better team in a big moment, and they had some brutally tough calls down the stretch. So this is a good football team, and you can see it on tape. You can see it when you watch them play, and that's where our focus will be this week. Nah, man, I don't want to hear all that. I want to hear you keep that same energy you had from this past offseason where you talked about Nathaniel Hackett doing the worst coaching job in NFL history. I want to hear all that you said about, you know, the Jets trying to win an offseason. Don't try to change up now, my G. We, we want to see you keep that same energy. We want all the smoke. I don't want to hear that from you, Sean Payton. I, I get you're trying to, you know, toe the company line now, and you don't want to make things bigger than what it is because your team is staring at being 1-4 with multiple games against the Chiefs coming up in the next three weeks, so your season might be over. But nah, man, I don't want to hear that from Sean Payton. <laughs> it's funny because the Jets have gone out of their way this past week to try and not bring a lot of attention to the Peyton comments, but you know behind closed doors that is a huge internal motivating factor for them. And one of their players let it slip to Rich Cimini the other day. Connor McGovern used the word payback that they wanted to get for Nathaniel Hackett. So you know behind closed doors the Jets are internally motivated not just to end a three-game losing streak and get back on track, 
but because this game is personal for them. I mean, you heard what Rex Ryan said when he went on with Barton Hahn this week in his weekly spot, calling this you know the Nathaniel Hackett Super Bowl, and we're going to find out just how badly the Jets love their coach and want to play for their coach. So I think all those factors help the Jets today, man. There's no way they could overlook this team. And it's funny, when the schedule first came out, Ty, and I saw the Jets in between the Chiefs and an Eagles matchup, have the Broncos sandwiched in. I'm like, that is a spot. The Jets could definitely have a letdown when we thought this team was going to be great with Aaron Rodgers. And now, hey, you don't have to worry about that. You know the Jets trying to end this losing streak and playing for their coach and what their coach even said about their organization. Forget just Nathaniel Hackett. You brought it up. Peyton saying they wanted to win the offseason. There's no way the Jets could be overlooking this opponent today. And here was Nathaniel Hackett on the matchup with uh, his team against Sean Payton. This game is about those guys out on that field. This game is not about me. It's about me helping them during the week. But I just want the guys to go out there and play a great game. That's all we're looking for. What has happened is in the past, we all move forward. Coaches definitely just focus on trying to get the guys in the best positions, and that's what we're doing right Listen, now. Listen, Nate, I, I, we hear what you really want to say, man. I, I know you rehearsed that script because it sounds good. It, it's what you should say ahead of a big game. But we we recognize how important this one today is for you and those guys. So y'all got to come out. Y'all got to show that there's life in that organization. There's life in that locker room and that y'all running for your head coach. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Manny in Flushing. He wants to chime in. What's up, Manny? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Yeah, we, we, we good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Listen, I think it's a big game for both teams, but I got to say this. Look. I, I, I listen. In fairness to in a, a little bit, in fairness to Sean Payton, in a way he was kind of right. I mean, that Hackett didn't have a good coaching year um, again with the Broncos last year. So in a way, he kind of right. But I didn't like the fact that he called him out publicly because you don't hear a coach go after another coach or ex coach in that kind of matter. But I also know that you know Sean Payton is being watched because at some point we need to ask ourselves like, is he a really good coach? Because ever since winning Super Bowl Forty Four. He hasn't really done anything after that. So that's just me. That's a take right there. I'll say this. You know, I, I have called Sean Payton skinny Mike McCarthy for a long time. If you look <laughs> if you look at their resumes, they are very similar. Only Sean Payton's very good with the media. He's got a lot of friends in the media who, you know, pump him up. And Mike McCarthy's a guy who everyone kills because, you know, he only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, last I checked, Sean Payton only won one Super Bowl with Drew Brees. And look, they should have went to another Super Bowl against the Rams in that NFC title game years ago. We understand yep. that. But still, only one Super Bowl for Mike McCarthy, only one Super Bowl for Sean Payton with Hall of Fame QBs. So facts are facts. Uh, quickly, Jordan Renan tweeting out the Giants and Actives. Uh, Saquon Barkley officially out in this game against the Dolphins. He's dealing with that high ankle sprain. We know Andrew Thomas out with the hamstring. Uh, Micah McFadden is dealing with an ankle. John Michael Schmitz dealing with the shoulder. Shane Lemieux out. Jordan Riley and Javarius Owens all out. But tight end Daniel Bellinger is officially playing in this game today. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Jim in Long Island. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys. How are you today? Doing okay, man. What's going on? Okay. I uh, want to make some comments about the uh, Jets and the whole situation with uh, Wilson and Hackett. The reality of it is is that in the Patriot game, they they were very predictable on the offense. They were running first down every de- down in the, uh, in the first half, and as a result, they were getting blanketed and shut down. Hackett, at least to his credit, recognized that Wilson is not – Rodgers. And even though they had built the offense around Rodgers, he cannot be Rodgers. He has to be Wilson. 
So they adapted their offense in the game against the Chiefs, and you saw it very effectively in the last three quarters of the game to fit the skill set of what Wilson can do. And as a result, he looked electric. So as long as they start to keep it simple and they do mix it up with passing as well as, like, I like the uh, the play option, you know, run play option, to make the defense have to stay back a little bit, also come up for the run, it opens up a lot of areas, not only the passing game but the running game. And I think as long as they do that and they play the Wilson's strength, he's going to be okay. And the Jets, the Jets have a really good chance to win today. The, the, I appreciate the call, Jim. The less predictable is, you know, obviously what they ideally want to do. And it was funny, Jake. I, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, we heard all the whispers about the defense being frustrated because, you know, Zach Wilson's, uh, you know, because of his ineffective play. And I'm thinking, you know who else has to be annoyed? That would be Dalvin Cook and, and Brees Hall because it's impossible for them to reach let's call it peak efficacy, if these guys aren't getting anything from their quarterback. If your quarterback's a net negative, how are you expecting your running game to be effective? It's just not going to happen. So, you know, it's a, it's a ripple effect, which, it's, which is why we say it's the most important position in all the sports. He goes out there, he performs, it helps the defense, it helps his rushing attack, his receivers are engaged, and all of a sudden that complimentary football that everyone talks about, we see it on full display, and this team has a chance to, to win some football games. You know, everyone says, oh, well, the Jets need to ground and pound. And sure, you, you know, that worked when Rex Ryan was the coach and Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. But Mark Sanchez still had to throw at times, folks. It wasn't like they were winning games only running the ball. Like Mark Sanchez, if Zach, if Zach Wilson could play like that, you know, the Jets could be a 10-plus win team. I mean, that's how, that's how low the bar is for Zach Wilson right now. So you're right, Ty. You, you still do have to throw. You could throw on first down. You could mix in play action. They did a great job doing that last week. And don't change what worked last week. Go back to that. And, look, I don't think Zach needs to throw 39 times in this game today. But he's going to need to throw more than 15. He's going to probably need to throw more than 20. And that's okay because you have the weapons. The O-line is now playing as well as they played all year by far. Third week in a row with the same five guys out there starting. You know, this should be an opportunity for the Jets against a terrible defense that can't stop a nosebleed to go out there and put points on the board and play in attack mode by getting a lead early. I also hate the, the comparison to, you know, Mark Sanchez and, and the Rex Ryan days. That, that was 13 years ago. The league has drastically changed since then. It's become more of a passing league. There's a reason why we see running backs not getting paid, right? There's a reason why we see offensive coordinators fresh off of one great season getting head coaching jobs. It's different. It's defense is harder to play, so you're going to see more points scored, which puts more of an emphasis on upper echelon quarterback play, which is why every single year we're talking about the same teams competing for Super Bowls. You still need your quarterback to be able to throw effectively, and the Jets need that today, and they're going to need that the rest of the season if they have their sights set on still, you know, being, you know, when that graphic comes up late in the year in the hunt for the playoffs and the Jets logo uh, pops up. Let's go to Goldie and, and Damaris. What's up, Goldie? What's up, boys? Um, listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy, but I think we live in an alternate reality. Zach Wilson played 30 minutes of good football this season. 30 minutes. And everyone's making it sound like the Jets are now on track. This guy just needs to grab himself by the nuggets and throw the ball and not think. End of story, and they'll be fine. But he thinks too much, and that's the problem, in my opinion. That's it. It's not lying. It's not protection. It's just stop thinking so much. No, I, I hear you, Goldie. And look, Jake. 
let's just call it what it is. Us Jet fans who have watched this franchise miss the playoffs for 12 straight years, who have, have never seen them get to a Super Bowl, you know, because we're, we're young, and I, you'd say most people listening to us have never seen that. We're thirsty. We're, we're, we're looking for anything to gravitate toward as far as being optimistic. So when you want Zach Wilson outplay the best quarterback in football, then yes, you're going to, to some degree, overrate it. And, and part of it, too, is like this guy was drafted second overall not 10 years ago, just two years ago. He was the second pick in the draft. So there's some talent there. There's a reason why you had folks comparing him, and maybe it was stupid, but, you know, Orlovsky comparing him to Mahomes and what he can be. Like there's a reason why this guy uh, was picked where he was. So if you get a glimmer of hope and, and you get to see him perform, that way, then it's going to change your perception. And ultimately, it's going to come down to whether or not he can repeat it. Like you said, he's never duplicated, you know, performances, great performances. So today he's got an opportunity to do that. But, you know, rest assured, if he comes out there and stinks, we're going to be destroying him. He's going to be the same quarterback we were talking about just seven days ago. No question. And here would be the thing, too, for Zach Wilson. It's the fact that he played as well as he did given the circumstances around it, right? This was a primetime game. The entire world is watching because Taylor Swift is in the building, so that's added to it. And they're down 17 nothing, and then he plays well. So it's like, wow, what are the odds of that happening given how awful he had looked against the Patriots just the previous week? You can make a case, Ty. Zach Wilson was the most criticized athlete in the country going into that Chiefs game, given how poorly he played against New England and all the hoopla and storyline surrounding and Joe Namath. Tre- yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joe Namath on this station, on the Michael K show, is torching Zach Wilson. I-, I mean, it was unbelievable. So for him to do that, yeah, Jet fans are-, are grasping at anything, but I don't need that version of Zach Wilson today, Ty. I just need a guy who could go out there, get the ball to Garrett Wilson, make plays on third down when it comes down to it, and rely on the fact that you have a great defense and this should be the game, the running game, led by Brees Hall, really carries them. If you could do that, they should be able to win without him having to throw 39 times and have a career-high 72% completion percentage. The hits keep on coming to that Buffalo defense. We saw last week White go down with an injury. Uh, Milano, he looks like he suffered something significant. We don't want to speculate as to what that is. Uh, but Teron Johnson just left the field. He's limping. He was clutching his knee. So you know, they get Von Miller back, which is great for them, but they're the they just keep on coming for that Buffalo defense. Jacksonville up 11-7 to with the ball uh, late in the third quarter, so we'll keep you posted on that game. Continue to take your calls at 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler is where you can find me on Twitter. He's at Jake Asman. Hit us up on the gram as well. Uh, in the 12 o'clock hour, we're going to talk some Giants football. Jake's got some strong opinions about the Giants. I mean, you know, what, what he was spitting to me on the phone yesterday and during the break. He's got some <laughs> stuff that he has to get off his chest. So we'll get to that in a moment right here on 98. 70 SPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. There we go. Ty Butler, Jake Asman. Hey, so Jake, I got a question for you before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776. I feel like it's sacrilege because it's Sunday. It's a church. It's Lord's Day. And I don't want to do this, but is it true that you're a bottom feeder? Is it true that I'm a bottom feeder? Well, they call you the ass man. That's what DPH <laughs> and Rothenberg call you. Is that word on the street is that that's what you're into, and you're just publicizing that? Look, I, I, I can't deny these things. Uh, you know, I, 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 it might be a little too early to be discussing this on you know terrestrial radio, <laughs> but I mean, here, but here we are, Ty. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. Wait, so would you prefer ass man or carrot top? Yeah, I've heard it all. You know, when you're when you're a redheaded. Uh, 
kid growing up with the last name Asman. Uh, th- there's really nothing anyone can say that I haven't heard, so I just embrace it all. What's the worst you've heard? I mean, there's really there's really no levels to this, you know? Like, it's just, it's one of those things where, I mean, you make any comment, any joke, and I've heard it. You know, I, I wear it, uh, you know, like a badge of honor at this point. It's like Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, you know, <laughs> being, being told that he's, you know, a, a, a bastard. Like, yeah, like, embrace it. Wear it, because eh, it could be like an armor around you. It can't hurt you if you embrace it. And that's kind of where I'm at. So I did notice that on uh, Twitter... You changed your bio to pronounce like Jasmine without the J before it was it was something else. I wanted to provide context for those who want to understand how to actually say my name. You know, Dave Rothenberg is convinced it's Asman, which is fine. But I would like to point out that it's actually pronounced Asman, okay. as in Jasmine without the J. I'm also a huge Seinfeld fan, so Cosmo Kramer, the Asman episode, is one of my favorites. So I have fully leaned into all of it. And Billy Gunn, I'm sure you've gotten the Billy Gunn references, uh, references oh. from all the wrestling fans. And, and I'm not even a wrestling fan, but I, I am very aware of the great Billy Gunn. Are you single or are you in a relationship? No, I'm I'm single and ready to mingle. So I think you need to kind of like dive into that a little bit, play it up, like you, the whole ass man thing. I, I think that might score you some points with with the the single ladies out there. Um, you know, I I, I don't think so, Ty. But you know, maybe we can workshop some other ideas. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We're going to two thirty. Obviously, having some fun. The first time we've ever hosted a show together. Uh, you know, I've been his lead and he's been my leading. But we get to do this program. As a duo today, so we're cooking both Jet fans emotional, anxious, excited, don't know how the hell to feel, but all we do know is that this team needs to win this game today or the season's over. Uh, I'm also going to tell you quickly, because uh, I, I said this to you all off the air, Jake, I'm rooting like hell for the Rams to, or for the Eagles to beat the Rams today. If you watch Philadelphia, I still think they're the best team in the NFC. Like they've won 20 of their last 24 games. They, their quarterback finished second in the MVP. They were a play away from winning the Super Bowl. This nonsense about they're not impressive enough is, is just, just stupidity to me. But if you watch them, they've been flirting with losses all year long, man. And I want them to continue to do that and, and beat the Rams today so that flirtation they have with trying to lose a game that can be a very humbling loss can happen next week. So that's why I'm all over them today. I, I need them to win big over L.A., who's welcoming back uh, Cooper Cup to, to the fold this afternoon. I like that take, and it's kind of like from a Jet perspective why I was thrilled that the Denver Broncos came back and beat the Bears last week. I wanted Denver to already have a win. I didn't want them to be you yeah. know, 0-4 going into this Jets game because you know they're eventually going to win a game. Like oh, every you, team you, in the league You remember that win Cleveland a game. game, right? When when Cleveland, what was it Thursday night football? Their first win in like two years came against the Jets? Yeah, Todd Bull says they didn't prepare for Baker oh, Mayfield. Oh, my God. Came in. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> I, you had to bring that one up, of course. And also, I, I'm pretty sure a season later, they, with Adam Gase is the coach they allowed what the 0 and 10 0 and 11 Bengals to get oh, their first yeah, win of the year man. that season so I just I, I I'm with you man I love the fact that the, the you know the Broncos already have a win the Jets are coming in on a three-game losing streak so they're not going to overlook that team they wouldn't anyway with the the Sean Payton stuff and then next week you want the Eagles to be 5-0 and going into that game because as good as they are they're not going 17-0 so they're going to lose a game or two maybe more and why not lose to the Jets for the first time ever next week it. at Jet Live <laughs> Stadium I, I will I will try and be positive until I watch Zach Wilson play football later and that will determine my uh my mood for the rest of the See, week. See I love that we're in, on the same page with the Jet Life Stadium thing. Brandon Jacobs hate when I he hates when I say that. And you know, I was proven to be a, the the butt of that joke when Rodgers goes down four plays into the season. But yeah, I like it. Jet Life Stadium. Uh, who who can be mad at that? 
Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, what's going on, Ty, Jake? Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in on the Jet conversation. And I think the key the, the key is going to be the other Wilson and Garrett Wilson. I think, like, when we saw them kind of, like, force the Garrett Wilson in that Chiefs game early, it kind of gave Wilson more of the confidence to get rid of the ball quicker and, you know, actually, you know, complete plays down the field. And hopefully, I'm not saying go full Mike Tice, you know, Randy Ratio for, for, for those who are old enough to remember. But, you know, I think something like that is going to be needed because he's our best, Gary Wilson's our best offensive player and the only and, and we got to utilize our best offensive player as well in the right way and try to get him open and get him on those short passes to kind of build everything else up. Actually, and I appreciate the call, Jake. See, there's sometimes I watch Garrett and I feel badly for him. Like when you watch all these national shows, they talk about like the best receivers. Like, he's clearly, from a talent perspective, in that conversation, but doesn't get a chance to showcase it because he doesn't have the quarterback who can best put him in position to rack up yards and score touchdowns. But yeah, I thought it was important for him to come out and kind of passive aggressively hint, like, "Yeah, we got to get, uh, we got to get the ball into my hands a little bit more." Completely agree, and I've said this for a while. Any game plan that doesn't have Garrett Wilson getting nearly 10 targets every game is not a good game plan. He's that special. You know, you put Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers this year, and he's in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. Like, I'm truly convinced of that just from a sheer talent perspective. You had Aaron Rodgers himself compare him to Devontae Adams, who's one of the five best players in the league at that position. So what does that tell you? So I'm with you. Look, last week, positive sign. I know he only had, what, 60-something receiving yards, 14 targets, though. I don't know if he'll get 14 today because I don't think you need to throw that as many times against this Broncos defense. But, you know, Garrett Wilson should be getting 8 to 10 targets at least every single game going forward. He should have had a touchdown, right? Like that, yep. uh, Zach overthrew him on that and on the end zone there, so he should have had a touchdown. We'll continue to take your calls at 800-919-3776. I will table the, the Jets for a moment, but still call in and chime in about them. Got to talk about the Giants. They play... I guess a big game today if you are not of the belief that their season ended this past Monday at home against the Seahawks. But we'll talk Giants, Dolphins, chances of them winning this game today and and what the rest of the year looks like if they do do what we in fact think that it's going to happen and that's lose the next two weeks not just today to the to the Dolphins but next week to the Bills. So Ty Butler, Jake Aspen going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN.